it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. lovely listener. I am so grateful you're here today. Thanks for hanging out in the windowsill with me. Last week, you heard part one of my conversation with Susie Altman. And, you know, when we were talking, I just decided to kind of not watch my clock because it was such a good conversation. And I think by the end, we both were like, what what did did we talk about? We talked about so much. But, you know, sometimes it's just important to share what's in our hearts with you. And that's my goal always here on the podcast. So I'm bringing you a little bit more from Susie Altman. And if you missed the first one last week, please go listen again. Susie has been creating toys and books for friends and family since childhood. She's an amazing illustrator, product designer, toy creator, speaker of her truths, liver of life, in a way that feels really aligned to her and her beliefs. And I hope this tempts you so much that you can't even listen to the rest and you just press forward and go ahead. Susie has some great things happening. Her new book is releasing this year. It's called I Like Your Chutzpah. And she has a new collaboration with Oh Dear releasing just right now in February. So listen in and learn a little bit more about the lovely Susie Altman. It kind of understand like the closer you get to yourself, which just takes time and your voice yeah. and your story and the more risk you take, like actually like yeah. the stronger connection people will make to something they've seen but it does take time. Like it's in, it's been, I mean, I tell people it's like 45 years in the making, yeah. but it's probably, you know, it's definitely at least 15 years in the making yeah. because I remember having conversations about the Jewish stuff, like early on with Lilla and, um, you know, there's like always the concern with it's such a small population of people buying it. And right now people are like, really like, it's just holiday focused. And so if you take those two parts together, like if you put Hanukkah, you know, one time a year with the population, it's like what 2% of the population, like that's not, that's a hard, that's a hard sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me time, like a long time to be like, okay, like I hear that, but maybe there is something there. Um, maybe there is space for it. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I I think of it in a couple ways. Before I was actively a product development person, I made my own product and then I had a store with my mom and I remember we were always I could I can go back in my visual mind and remember the menorahs available to buy. Like that yeah. company had some that were yeah. modern and artful and that was about it. You know, then there were the 
ones, like you said, from the 50s or the 70s or the very classic. And we always just were like, how can we bring something? We had an artful store. How can we bring something that feels artful? And then looping ahead to product development, well, we should be doing some, you know, menorahs or some Jewish related holiday things, but that's going to sell that whole conversation of, of immediately monetizing something instead of making it important for so many other reasons. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, that you were in that class or, or moment in during COVID where they were talking about, there was so much because of George Floyd and everything that was happening Yeah. That we were we were finally talking about underrepresented cultures or people or or areas yeah. and that you didn't even feel comfortable then saying something that was so widely known but then you, it was still a seed and you'd obviously talked to Lila about it before I so love that you knew yourself enough and you're telling your own story that you wanted to peel back those layers. I think there's something about doing something, like you said, 15 years or whatever. It's like, no, this is still coming up for me. It's important to me. I want to get this out into the world. And I know there's other people that feel the same. And I I feel like if if anybody's listening that has a anything, you know, you have a character you've been carrying along in your, in yeah. your mind with you or a story you want to tell, like somebody's going to want to hear that. And I just, I'm so glad that you you hooked up with Kathleen and she believed in it. But it mainly it's ourselves, right? We have to say, no, I, I'm going to, I'm going to stand for this thing that I believe in, whether it, whatever it is, but it's scary, right? It's scary to tell that story and start to get like happy Hanukkah. You know what, what's that story (laughs) going to be? And I, I just think this conversation is such a good reminder that you just start somewhere. You start somewhere and remind yourself that it's important to you. So it's important enough. Yeah. I mean, everybody, I love what you said about if somebody has a character that they've loved, like everybody has a story. Everybody Mm -hmm. does. I think, I mean, what I've learned as I've gotten older is the story is both gets both gets more complicated and it's also really simple. But I think in that complication of life, sometimes we, it's like, it's a little scary to tell our own story or to tell that story, but because it's yours, like it will absolutely resonate with other people and um and it benefits everybody else. I mean that's I think one thing that's really interesting for me too when I go back and I think about that time and listening to other people's stories and like being open to new stories that were being told. Um I felt like the most responsible thing, the the best thing I could do as an ally to other marginalized groups was to tell my story. So I wasn't telling their story. And so that I was Mm -hmm. also opening myself up Mm -hmm. to the same fear and um, that they were walking with all the time. And if I did that, then I'm, then I'm like, I can stay, I can, you know, that that's, that's the one way like I can support them. And then also I'm telling a story that's not, you know, again, going back to the space shelf space thing, it's like not, taking up shelf space that is actually my story. So um, Mm. there's shelf space open for the other stories. And, you know, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really know where it was going to take me. Um, Mm. And yeah. And there have been some moments where it's been really, it's, it has felt actually very scary 
And then there are other moments where it's just awkward and awkward's fine. Cause awkward means that we're just human beings, like knocking up against each other, trying to figure stuff right? out. <laughs> A lot can come from awkward. I, yeah, I think that's so profound being wanting to support marginalized groups by then opening yourself up and telling your own. Cause I feel like in one way it's like, Oh, you know, I see you, I I support you. But then it's like, no, I see you by seeing myself and being willing and brave enough to share what that looks like. Yeah. That's a whole different way of of supporting and being an ally. Yeah. To be. I love always trying and learning and all that, all that good stuff. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to be, it's easy to be invisible. And sometimes it feels better to be invisible. It's so it's a little harder to like put that, put that stuff out there and it's true. You know, one it's foot really at true. a time. And yeah. And I even think back to when you were just starting with Lilla and the paper doll parade and home sweet home, like those, I, I can see those projects in my mind. I know what they look like, yeah. you know, because I'm, I've, they're beloved in the, in the marketplace and I know your work. Yeah. And, but even then that was you observing you know, thinking about the people that were helping you, the fact that yeah. home was changing and, and those things, people might not know the story behind that by any means, but they're, yeah. but they're so, um, approachable and, and, the, you know, a house or a series of homes that look a certain way are taking your home with you. Like that story can be told over and over again yeah. in, in so many different ways. And I think that, um, that's why, sorry to interrupt you, but that's yeah. why I have so many houses <laughs> work. So many houses. I love yeah. that. But isn't that cool, Susie? Because, you know, you lean yeah. into, you decided to lean into to children's friendly, child-friendly art or more kid-friendly art because it it fits you. It fits your style and it fits yeah. the story you want to tell. And, you know, I think, um, I think some of those key elements seem to have really contributed to your success. Oh, thank you. I think so. I mean, it's, I read um, a Pima Chodron book at that time, which I still keep by my desk. Um, It's, I think it's when things fall apart Mm -hmm. and there's a, there's a line in there. I'm not going to quote it exactly. I don't remember exactly what is it that sits with me, which is that, you know, when, when difficult things happen, when change happens in a big way, it takes just as much energy to kind of sit in your stuff as it does to like move forward and I remember just sitting, I would sit and like, look at the birds and think about that. Cause like nature is so wonderful how it's just so constant and moving and what yeah. it is, what it is. And I was like, okay, so I actually, like, I have a choice here. Like I can sit in what was, or what I thought things were going to be and all the hard stuff. Like you, you need to feel it, but like, mm-hmm. I can spend years in it or I can like spend years, like looking at all, like how I'm going to move forward and what what's next and just step-by-step step doing that. And I think that's definitely something through the, the divorce, like really taught me that that's, that's, that's a choice. Um, and then, oh gosh, how long goes it now? Seven years ago, my sister, I share the story because it's important too. My sister died of cancer. She was my mm-hmm. best friend. Um, and that was another one of those moments where um, I felt grateful I'd been through the divorce because I had the tools from that, 
yeah. time to use for like when she, from her diagnosis and like just being really present with her through um, the last two years, like her whole, her entire life mm-hmm. um, and her, and her death. Um, mm-hmm. So the divorce gave me tools for that. And the art gave me tools for that. And she's very much a part of this like new space that I'm in because mm-hmm. um, she was my playmate since I was little. Mm-hmm. And I had, again, with the, when, after she died, I had this great book, this grief book. I'm so happy because there's like so much more out there now. People are talking mm-hmm. a lot more about it, but at that time there wasn't a lot. And I found this one that was like sort of Buddhist, sort of like along the line, I think it was the same imprint as the Pima Chodron book. Mm-hmm. And he had a lot of great, there were great, there was a lot of great writing, but there were also some really good exercises to like journaling. And um, I remember one thing it talked about is like something you can take forward from the person. I remember, so it was writing a lot how about mm-hmm. everything Joy and I did as kids and how we played together and how no matter what space she was in, she always was like made time to like, she was really in life. Like she mm-hmm. was so, um, she just took everything by the reins and was like, would do anything and try anything. She was definitely more adventurous than I was. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of looked to her for that. And I was like, I'm going to need that moving forward. Like I'm going to need to keep that spirit of Joanna with me because it's like buoyed me through my whole life. So I, the one year anniversary that she died, I made a poster that said, make time to play. Mm -hmm. And when I was during COVID, when I was working with my coach and we're talking about my story and my, um, like my, what do you call it? Like my hang tag, my whatever. She was like, uh, my catchphrase. Yeah. She's like, I think it's make time to play. And I was like, uh-huh. it's so funny because she saw that this was quite a few years later. And she saw that I had moved into that space. Like I really embraced that. And oh. it was so obvious to her. It wasn't as obvious to me because I'm like so in it. But, um, you know, I, when you lose someone, there's like these two sides to like, I would give anything for Joanna to still be here, but I've also, I'm still learning from her. Like she mm-hmm. is still here and I'm still learning from her. And that experience was like the gift of everything she was that is mm-hmm. still with me. Um, and that's a lot of where like, I really went deep with the play thing. Cause it just, it is what makes me happy and it's part her and it's part me. And um, yeah. just the, the ability to, I don't know if that's even the right word, but the, the, the desire, I guess, to weave her into your work and take with you, take something forward from someone. I love that. Yeah. That thought, because then you're honoring them as you honor your own path. And it's so interesting with your work, how that ties right back into playfulness, youthfulness, you know, a sparkly eye. Um, yeah you know, the, uh, something that looks, it's appealing because of that. It is joyful and, and, you know, has, it just makes you smile. And I, it feels like you were heading that way and then could embrace it in a whole different way by bringing her spirit along with. You're going to make me cry. Yes. Yeah. It's such an interesting thing because I do, we were so close. My mom, we were five years apart. My mom called us twins that were born five years apart. Um, Love that. And it was really cool because as we became adults, like I was the big sister for a long time. But then as we became young adults, like things would flip where she would have the wisdom Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Um, We were so close and 
we were on in when I was worked at Adidas in Portland. She had moved out there after college, and we we were the girls' t-shirt team, so we got to like oh travel gosh. to New York and LA together. It was so much fun. Oh, cool! Is so that? sometimes it's hard to know where she ended and I started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this lovely codependent sister relationship. Um, so I do think it was always there because it was always. I remember I would bribe her to braid her hair and I'd bribe her by putting like stickers in front of her. Um, this is back when we like French braid hair. Yes, so like I, I did a lot French of that. braiding her hair. Yeah. yeah. And I put like, I remember I can see the stickers in my head. Like I'd put them all in front of her. So we had our own little like ritual play things we would do and stuff we would do. So I, it, it's very much me and it's very much our relationship and it's very much her. And so, um, as you said, it's so beautifully, it's like woven in, I get to like bring it forward and be in that space. I mean, I feel very privileged to get to be in a space that makes me feel grounded and happy. Yeah. Be work in a space where I am hopefully giving back to kids and families in some way that they are feeling. Um, I mean, my hope for kids is just more that they get to be more the most themselves they can be because that's the one time you should get to be. And I, I really truly feel like if we can give kids support and tools and to just be themselves, like we're gonna have happier, healthier, mm. young people and adults, because oh it all gosh. starts in those years, you know, so I want to be giving as much of that as possible. So I've, I've, and I feel privileged to be able to do that. Um, I feel really lucky. You know, and I think the choices, knowing it kind of ties back to what you were saying about, um, you know, asking yourself, does this product fill the right space in my, you know, measurement of of filters that, that you might have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just that to make time for play and that joyfulness, but we were also talking a little bit before we press record about, um, trusting your gut and be okay. Yeah. Walking away from a relationship. Yeah. This goes to when you were interviewing for your, for your agent. Um, yeah. but you know, I'd love to circle back to that because I thought those were some really good points about you have these these thing questions that you ask yourself, but but yeah. you know, when we're looking for when we're we're we have jobs in front of us or people right. are asking us to do something, like what are some of the things you do to feel like you're aligned beyond your questions? Like, is the project right? Is is the do you feel okay? You know, is it like how right. do you how do you sustain that kind of success within those questions you might have? That's a good question. So first, let me start by saying that I have the privilege of having a husband who has a job and health insurance. Mm -hmm. So, and I thank him very much for that because it does allow me some flexibility mm -hmm. in how I make decisions. Um, I know there are a lot of young people out there that are hustling, like just trying to be designers, illustrators, and you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, so I'm very grateful that I have space to play in that, that zone. Um, and I've also learned that having a small business, that's part of the ride. Like sometimes you're making money and sometimes you're not. And so you need to save and kind of like, look mm -hmm. at all that. But what I 
have done is then we're kind of, we're talking about this before the podcast is this idea of like always hustling, but then having people that support your hustle. So I've always been really good at having people around me that I can talk to, um, whether it's other artists right now, it's mainly my, my agent. Um, and you know, I feel like I'm talking about my husband a lot. Brian's really great at, um, he's a really great listener and he's somebody that I can bounce stuff off of both from a business point of view, you know, like the business stuff we can talk about, the creative stuff and, you know, just how it's going to affect our family, which is really important. Like if I'm going to take on this project seems really big, the pay is not what I think it should be or could be, but I think it's going to be, it's, it's worth it for me as a creative person to do this. I'm excited about it. And I think it will bring other things in the future. So of course, I want to make sure we're talking about that as a family, because if it's going to take my time away from things and I'm not getting like, I'm not necessarily being paid what my value is, like we need to be talking about what that all means. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my agent has been very helpful in kind of like sussing out the client stuff. Um, I think I've gotten pretty good at it over the years of just, I'm a direct person. I will ask, you know, I'm, I'm really, there aren't many questions I'm afraid to ask. Like I will ask all the questions, but she, she's definitely a good counterpoint. We have so much we're aligned with, but she is, she does have some things that she's a counterpoint on to Mm -hmm. ask me back. Like, well, well, what if we tried it this way? Or what if we looked at that? Um, but there's always, you know, something to learn and it it is helpful to have other people around to kind of look at all those questions. Um, and, and also not be afraid to have, have the hard conversations. I agree. And I, and I think too, not having your sister who you like, what an amazing relationship that you work together. You lived in the same yeah. place more than one time. We don't all have that or that husband. And, and yeah, even if we do, it's, it's finding those people that you can say, as we said before, is this color weird? You know, is this project yeah. crazy? Is this idea yeah. within realm? And and I think finding that, and I have had a lot of feedback that even through these conversations in the podcast, if you're sitting alone in your studio right now and you're hearing this, you're 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 saying, oh, I'm not even talking to this person, but I'm hearing that yes, it's okay, or that sense yeah. of community, or uh, keep going, you know. Or, or put Absolutely. yourself out there, you know, when, when you have an idea that keeps tickling you, you know, yeah, keep doing it. That's a huge one. Um, I make sure I tell that to young people. Um, so I have this like parenting thing back to the parenting where um, I don't think it's like when they were younger in school, like it's not about, well, maybe always it's like, it's not about the grades. Mm-hmm. It's just about always like, growing and making sure you're putting like one foot in front of the other, because that's sort of how life is and moving towards the things that, that make you happy. Um, and so if you're not putting yourself out there in some way, then you're not gonna, you're not going to get that feedback to know inside of yourself if you're mm-hmm. happy. So if you're on a creative journey and you're struggling to find the job, the creative job you want, or, um, like whether it's a position in a company or with an age, something with an agent, um, I would say like, what else do you like to do? Like, do you, you know, do you like, do you like books? Like, Mm -hmm. do you love to read? Like go get a job at a bookstore, like, Mm -hmm. 
you know, hang out with book people and, you know, just keep those creative embers burning. And it's really fascinating, like how that sparks into other things. Um, because I think as creative people, we're not like uni, uni creative. I don't think that's a word, but we have many, many interests, you know, maybe you like animals, like maybe you want to volunteer to walk some dogs or work at a shelter for, you know, one day a week, like put yourself out there. I also think sometimes as creative, so like we're in our heads so much, Mm -hmm. it's important to be around other, like just other proximity. Yeah. Yeah. So try things that will probably actually life is long and it's a long journey. And if you just continue to take steps, putting yourself out there in the world, open to, to experiences, like you're going to find your way to that, that job, that project that you, that you want. I really believe that that's all I've ever done is just keep, keep moving it, keep moving Mm -hmm. it forward. Um, and there was something else that I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was, but I absolutely, I putting you, Oh, I was going to say same thing with like social media in a way, mm-hmm. because it can be a really beautiful tool in, if you can step back and not worry about the likes, but just be doing it as a, an exercise and trying something new for yourself. Mm-hmm. And because it's not, I'm the part of the creative experience is, is putting it whether you were doing a crit at school, hanging it on the wall, like that vulnerability of like, oh shit, like it's up there and other people are going to see it and say something about it because it's not so much about what they're going to say. It's about what it meant to you when you made it, how you're feeling when you put it up, if you loved it. And then all of a sudden everybody hates it and like being like, well, I still like it. Or, you know, they've got some good input. It's about all that. And, and Instagram can give you that space. You, you just need to... (laughs) work that muscle right. of not worrying about understand it's like not what other people think this is about you exercising putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and because the more you do that the more work you'll put out the more mm-hmm. you'll try new things and then again that will lead you to whatever project you wanted um so it's just kind of wor- working that muscle of putting yourself out there yeah creatively. i love that and and because rejection is something we all learn from certainly yeah, absolutely yeah it's important to steel yourself to that, to know that you can get back up again, but not self-reject, you know, like put your work, put your work out there. A critique is different from a posting, right? So yeah, if you're self-reject, if you're saying, no, that's not good enough, you're, you're not doing yourself any favors. Right. And because what we do like in, in the illustration world, it is so much of just like practicing your skill. It can help you do that. If you decide like once a week or twice a week, I'm just going to put something out there. You're like practicing the skill of thinking and drawing and, um, presenting basically it's, it's a, it's a good skill. I've found that when I first went onto Instagram, I was a late adopter. I did not want to do it. I'm like, I don't understand this (laughs) social media thing. It's so weird. And I remember I had a conversation with Helen Dardick Uh and it was like, and she, um, it was years ago. It was probably at one of our, you know, retreats Retreats, and she told me she was doing it because it was like her way of putting aside time to do her personal work. Um, Mm. that's why she was doing Instagram. Now I think she paints Mm. every day. Yeah. So, I mean, it really became something she, that resonated with her when she said that to me, it made sense. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, like if I have a purpose on this medium, like, I think I can like buy into it. Um, so, cause I had never done Facebook. So I was just like, 
Yeah. What do I do with this? It was also like weird. Um, and that's what it became in the beginning. It was just like, I think once a week I was like, I'm going to put up something like a, I'm going to draw something. And now I still have that. I still have Helen in my head saying that to kind of keep me in check because as life gets busier, it's like, Oh, I, maybe I don't have time to do it. But I'm like, even if it's something I'm not sure of, you know, I'm like, I'll just put it up there because it is that practice of of doing it, finishing it, presenting and Mm -hmm. feeling, feeling vulnerable and not safe. And, um, not because of other people, but because of my own, like, Oh gosh, I'm putting it out there in the world and just practicing that, like letting go of the control a little bit. So important. I mean, it really is. And, and, you know, I, I feel like we get down on the algorithm or all sorts of things like that. But if you just keep looking at it from that perspective, I'm going to just make something and put it out here. That's yeah. you're creating your own path. And I think that's important yeah. to remember that we're in charge of that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, lovely listener. If you are on my email list, you might have gotten an email about what I call shared studio sessions. It's the mastermind that I run just a couple of times a year. And I just wanted to make sure you knew about it and had a chance to check it out. I'm going to start it a little later in the month of February. And it is just my most favorite thing that I do. You know, this life we choose as creatives is one of continual growth, change and unexpected detours. So whether you're just getting started a month and a few weeks into the new year, already rocking and rolling or already feeling like you've dropped the ball, I want to walk with you side by side this year to help you reach your goals. Creativity and isolation only gets you so far, right? That's why we have this podcast. In order to thrive, you need a place where you feel free to be your true self and work towards your goals with like-minded dreamers who just get it. So Shared Studio Sessions is back for 2024. I'm not going to go too into all the details here. Otherwise, it could be a whole nother recording. But what it is, is a small group of peers, and we focus on developing, growing and help you flourish in your creative career. Let me know if this sounds like you. You're creating beautiful work. Maybe you don't have what you want to show for it. You've been spending countless hours honing your craft without consistent sales or the right agent. Or you have a big project that you're coming into and you have maybe a book to do or you want to change what your line's looking like or you're just wondering what that next thing is and how to get there. You're not exactly sure where to find the right people. You've got a portfolio you're working so hard on and how do you get it in front of those people? If you're honest, you're just done playing small and not maximizing your potential. You're at a point in your life where you're ready to dive in and do the deep work and you want to build your creative career, but you want to do it your way. Well, that's what this shared studio sessions is all about. Let me give you just a little feedback on what some of the members in our last mastermind had to say. I would highly recommend this creative mastermind. Margo's experience, generosity, and guidance are truly unsurpassed. Being a part of a like-minded group who feel and understand the complexities of creative entrepreneurship has been life and career changing. I have had the privilege of watching fellow group members start businesses, product lines, personal services, and podcasts. These examples help push me to put myself out there. If you'd like to know more about it, go to this link, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash shared studio sessions. Or if you're on Instagram, just go to the link in bio. That's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash shared studio sessions. I'd love to see you there. You know, and that led to all sorts of things during COVID too, where you were doing things, weren't you doing things on social media, kind of you're back to your teaching. 
um, yeah. people found you in a different way then. Yeah. Right at the very beginning of lockdown, one of my clients from Holland asked me if I would do a coloring page that we could post for kids that were at home. And I think at that time we had no idea. We're like, oh, it's going to be a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did it and there was just like a huge response from it. And I had just launched my website, mm. um, my e-commerce shop. I think like it was like a couple months before COVID hit. So I had so after we did, after I did that coloring sheet with Coretti, I realized like, oh, I've got this website. Like, I know I can do downloads on here. I can do something. So it started with that, that I just started doing like at home coloring sheets. And then I just missed people. And typically for like, if I have a book coming out, I'll do stuff at like the local bookstores or there's a great kids store in town. We'll do a project. I'll read the book. And I was like, I think we'll try that from here. And um, I started doing some Zoom classes and it was, it was, I, I I think it was really good for the people who took the class. And it was great for me because I got yeah. to be like, share that space with people and have fun and teach. And I love, I love teaching kids. Um, and we got people from, you, you get people from all over the world. That was a really neat thing too, because the kids get to see, um, other families from all around, all around the U S and all around the world. And, and it was great. And then last year, just last year, this time I was getting ready to go out to California to film creative bug. Mm. So it kind of, it led to that. I was like, okay, I've done these zooms. Like, do I continue to do this on my own or do I try like working with another group? And after trying to figure out how to, um, like edit and save all the zooms, like find a yeah. I'm to save them. I was like, you know what? After a couple of years of code, I'm like, maybe I'll go work with somebody else where I like learn from that. Yeah. <laughs> then come back to like doing it on my own. <laughs> well, you have great classes on your website and through Creative Bug is, is, you know, I love that there's really accessible ways to, to be inspired and to learn from you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's fun. It's, it's definitely like my heart is, is in teaching. I've had many moments where I'm like, maybe I'll just go teach. I love that. Well, I hope you keep doing that. One of the other things we talked, we touched on briefly before I hit record was kind of your mindfulness practice. Like, do you have a way that you thread through your week, like just how to center yourself and, and creatively and mindfully? Yeah, for sure. So I, I do yoga. I do a kind of yoga that's pretty slow. So it's about like, really feeling yourself like in that space, which is works really well for me. I do need to do something that that gets my heart rate up a little bit more. Um, I'm going to start that this year. (laughs) So that's really, really vital to me when I'm not doing it. I can definitely feel it. And then um, when I was little, we would do on Friday nights, we would go to my grandparents for Shabbat every Friday night. So that was like from age like six all the way through graduating high school. And when I was in college, I didn't do any kind of Shabbat thing and not really as a young parent. And then when I went through my divorce, um, I kind of needed something to ground me at the end of the week because I was essentially single parenting with two kids. And by Friday night I was beat. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to try my own Shabbat. And I'm like, we're going to for me, Shabbat was about like, not necessarily the religious aspect, but like saying goodbye to the week, mm. kind of pausing and like enjoying each other, like, mm. and saying hello to the weekend and having like a nice moment there. So we started ordering pizza and we'd sit on the, every Friday night we'd order pizza and we'd do like a picnic on the floor. I'd put out like a Aww, mat and we'd watch cartoons. And it was great for me because I was like, oh, I can just like relax. And I could enjoy yeah. the kids other than yeah. like trying to get dinner on the table and get everybody to bed. So that was like one 
moment for me and Shabbat. And then we, I always made sure we had dinner together, but it kind of went away a little bit. And then COVID happened and all yeah. of our days started bleeding together. And I said yeah. to Brian, my husband, I said, I'm like, what would you think if we started doing Shabbat? Cause I think we need something that tells us like the end yeah. of the week yeah. is here. It's actually the end of the week. Um, so we started doing, we started doing like a soft Shabbat launch. Um, <laughs> where we would like be like, okay, we're getting off our computers at this time. We're going to yeah. make dinner together. And then COVID ended and we went back into the world. Yes. And I was like, I think we need a different Shabbat. And I listened to a great podcast. The happiness project oh, yeah, had, yeah. she had a, a bunch of sessions about like the old masters and happiness. And she talked about like mm. the Greeks and she taught, there was a woman she brought on that talked, this woman talked about, um, finding Shabbat again when she was, she was like an assistant for Michelle Obama or something like that. So she was like, her life was so busy. And so we started um, our more hard launch of Shabbat (laughs) where (laughs) at five, six o'clock on Fridays, um, we put our no screens um, and we still make dinner together. And then um, we don't have screens until the afternoon the next day. So it's not quite 24 hours, um, but that's how we started. It's been that's now, great. I think it's, it's been at least, it's been a little over a year. Um, and that's really an interesting reset because in the beginning it felt a little weird, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm not on my computer. I don't have my phone. But w- what I started to find was that by the end of the time, like one, two o'clock on a Saturday, like I didn't even want to look at anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd usually like Saturday mornings, like we sleep in, I usually bake, you know, we can take a walk. Um, mm-hmm. I started reading on Friday nights. Um, mm-hmm. I have dyslexia. So reading is really exhausting for me. And I just kind of had put that aside for so long. Um, and my son really wanted me to read um, the first Game of Thrones book, which is uh-huh. like a Big. Bible. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So I'm like, I'm just going to do like you know, every Friday night I'll do as much as I can. Um, just keep it low pressure. And I finished my first book. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's become really, really important in our week. And we look forward to it a lot. Like we're just very excited that it's Friday night and we get to like turn everything off and just be and reset. And it frames the entire weekend differently, like absolutely changes the whole vibe of the weekend, which you need when you're then coming back into the week on Monday. You really do. And what a great, um, Thing to send your kids off into their kind of impending adulthood with is, yeah. is just realizing because our kids are of the age where they, we, they didn't have that option really. It was all it's, I mean, screens for most of them have yeah. been a part of their life. So yeah, for all of us to know, no, maybe you're going to read tonight. Maybe we'll bake in the morning, but these, these other things aren't going to enter in. It's yeah. I was just talking to Cooper we kind of slip into that's my kiddo, you know, maybe I'll watch another movie. You know, he's, he's up late. So I, I said, you know, we're going to have a, a lights out kind of time for everybody. Me too. Cause yeah. otherwise I'll yeah. stay on the computer and it's, and he was like, Oh, but it was a, Oh, thanks mom. You know, in a way, you know, yeah. so I think we, those are gifts to ourselves. And, and I love then that it hooks back into culture and the things you want to tell stories about and all of it just it's so meaningful it is a mindful meaningful history you know it it's it just makes sense 
Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. um, it's definitely brought me some more like peace in my life. I think it's like mm-hmm. a good way to put it because I feel like there's something about going off the screens and that time where like time becomes like elongated. Yeah. Like you, the day I'm like, oh, it's only like ten in the morning. Like that's so wonderful. Like right? it, something about being on screens, like time just keeps moving. And then also something that was really, like, really struck me on the podcast I listened to that the happiness project that the woman talked about is that we need time to like conjure ideas and create um, the things we want to create. And we don't live in a world that like gives us that time. Like you need time to sit with things and ponder. And, and also like with our relationships, like where are they? How are they? Like, we don't give ourselves time to think about all that. And when you just go out, when you have one day a week that you're just like, I'm just giving myself space. It, it is weird at times and just, and feels absolutely gross. Sometimes it's yeah. like, you're just <laughs> well like, said. Oh my God, I want to, I like, I have to be on my, like you have these conversations here. Like, why am I feeling that? But at least you get to ask yourself that question, but it does. I mean, I think it's opened up time for me. I don't think I know like to actually think about things that are really important to me to be more creative to like, we talked about to make time for play. Like if I'm like, it's such a great time for me to be like, oh, I'm going to like cut something out of cardboard because it's Saturday and that's like yeah. my time to just like hang out. And like I said, it like flows into Sunday. Yeah. Um, typically yeah, you just you're keep just in that mindset. Yeah. You're just in that mindset of feeling like freer about things. So I would say that's my biggest mindfulness practice. Um, and then just, I do try to like journal my thoughts, like my little things that go through my head because it helps me know where I'm at, I guess. Like my little, what I call my mini mantras. Yeah. Um, And just do try to write out those feelings I'm having as much as possible so that I just know where I am (laughs) in relation to the people around me, the world, like, you know. Well, then you have those thoughts written down and and that can come back in and be, do you want to, do you want to letter that? Do you want to illustrate that? Do you want to share yeah. that? Does, is that a seed for a project? Yeah. I mean, and that's not why you're doing them, but it's a centering thing, I think, you know? Yeah, definitely. That. Mm. Yeah. So many good things to talk about, Susie. I feel like yeah. we could just keep going. Um, As we kind of wrap up, there's a couple things I, that you've been so generous with thoughts and advice. I would love to ask, there's people out there that are listening. They're like, Oh, but how do I stand for my own ideas? And how do I find that agent? And how do I put myself in a place where I am in the right kind of community? Do you have kind of a seed of advice for an aspiring creative based on your, your rich and varied experience just as to just maybe it's a mini mantra. Yeah. So I wish I know because you get asked this question and I get asked these questions. Like, I wish I had like the formula and I was like, here it is, like, go be you and like, do it. Um, That is definitely something I tell people is like, be yourself, like embrace Mm -hmm. as you grow, you know, depending on what age you are. I mean, we're all learning and growing, but continue to look at yourself, the things that have made you who you are Mm -hmm. and have inspired you and also been your challenges mm-hmm. and keep like, keep, just keep being interested in that. Um, and with that, like the more, you know, yourself and you know what your strengths and challenges are, you can like lean into your strengths mm-hmm. and support your challenges 
Or sometimes look at your challenges and be like, I need to address those because I really want to do this book and I have, you know, I have a hard time doing X. Like, you know what your challenges are. So then you can find people to help support you, which is something we talked about. And really also going to like the one foot in front of the other, like anything we do. So the, the, um, the Jewish board books, did we talk about this? We've been talking for a while. The Jewish board book series did get picked up and I am working on them from probably conception to like getting assigned. It was probably five years from Mm. me, like feeling Mm. stuff and wondering to like, you know, tossing it around with my husband and being like, I'm having these thoughts, but I'm really scared to like, then, you know, I will say like going to therapy and talking to my therapist about things that like have, cause it was like, an, I was like, gosh, this is like so obvious, but I never really talked about it. Like I really love my Judaism and I love all the cultural stuff and, you know, I love the food and I love the holidays. I'm like, but I'm always like really tentative to talk to people about it. And why yeah. is that? So then yeah. going to therapy and talking like the whole thing is probably like a, like a five-year timeline. And then, you know, actually, you know, putting it, the stories on, figuring out the stories, putting them on paper, blah, blah, blah. So um, it takes time. Like it, it all just, some of it just takes time. And what's challenging is finding like the other jobs to keep you <laughs> afloat mm-hmm. while you're working on these things. The passion project. Yeah. Yeah. And some of that for me is like where I'm at in my life. Like I have other clients that come back to me for things so I can, you know, be working on the book. And like we talked about, I have other support in my life financially and health insurance wise, but just keep putting one foot in front of the other and following the things that make you happy mm. and and reaching out, whether it's through, there's so many different ways to connect with people and make things happen these days. I write to people on social media all the time. Like if I love what they're doing, like, um, I I've done a couple of t-shirt collaborations with Mochi kids. Mm. I started following Amanda on Instagram and I love what she was doing. And I was just like, it's hard to, I know from working at Adidas, like doing like banger t-shirts that sell for like that is not easy and so I just wrote her one day and I'm like I your t-shirts are amazing like I love what you're doing and I think like a couple years later I was like would you ever want to collaborate and she's like yeah sure so Uh I mean I reach out to people that I admire um usually you know not not with any expectation that something's going to happen except that I'm like putting this out into the world to as the people that I want to be surrounded by because these are people doing exciting things, important things. You know, I've, I, I think, you know, when I was in third grade, I wrote a letter to Charles Schultz cause he was my hero and I don't think, I <laughs> and I got so a letter much. back. <laughs> I love that. Um, he's still one of my heroes. Yeah. Um, but I, I really believe in that because between being able to like build a portfolio essentially on Instagram so people can see what you're doing, being able to reach out to people you wouldn't have been able to reach out to before, mm-hmm. whether it be an agent, a client, appear, you know, um, that you admire, like you can make so many connections and keep yourself full. Like you keep filling yourself up with the hope and the desire and the dream you, you will, I think eventually, eventually get there and start a newsletter. That's my practical advice. (laughs) Oh, good one. Good one. (laughs) Because I didn't have a newsletter for years and I like, I had been collecting names at different events I'd been to. So I had, you know, I had a newsletter list and once I started my, um, launched my website, it was a better way to collect, um, newsletter names. And that's like the one place where you really can connect with your audience. So I'll tell like students, like college students, like 
send like a holiday newsletter to your family. Like just, it's that one yeah. step at a time. Like just do a small thing. Like you will build on it. Like it doesn't have to be the finished, this is product, you know, it can it just start it. So you start to understand how to do it. But I think newsletters are really a helpful way to engage with people. It works and it works your writing skills and um, scheduling skills. I don't always keep my newsletters on schedule, yeah, right? <laughs> but it's like a lot of skill sets that it helps you, that it helps you work. And community is really important. I think we might've already touched on that, but be building community, whether it's um, around your creative community or people that support your vision, like make sure you have community that believes in you and can give you good, good input. Hmm. Such important things. We talked about so many good things, but I, I just love kind of circling back and, and having a few, hearing a few that stand out and some new ones too, like a newsletter and, and things like that. I love that. Um, and yeah. you have a, you have a collaboration with Odeer coming out, right? I do. A it's, new one? it's yeah, that's a brand new one. Um, the stationary thing has been really fun because I did a couple of cards really early on, like when I first started illustrating and haven't really um, been in that world for a very long time. And it started with, I did, I did a collaboration with Aid Press and I'm still working with them. And um, it was cool. Cause I'm like, Oh, I can tell a story through cards for me. It's like, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to do a project if I can't tell like a whole story. Um, it's both one of my strengths and my challenges Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the same time. But I, but Egg Press was really great and they helped me like find my voice in that. And then the Oh Dear stuff came along. That's a kids, that's specifically kids. I know that kids at heart can't enjoy it. Right, but, um, right. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, yeah. I would love to know who's inspiring you because I always, people always tend to really get a lot from that question. So who's inspiring you these days? You know, I'm not gonna, I feel like my brain is really full right now. And I'm not gonna <laughs> remember anybody so specifically. It's so bad. You but, know what uh, you, I have think you sent me some, if you want, a, if you want me I to do, remind I, you. Yeah, that'd be great. You said your kids, which I love so much. Yeah, always. The little artist room. Oh, they are great. So they are doing, um, they're doing projects for young people. But I mean, I think as an adult, I look at them and I'm like, oh, I want to sit down and do that. They're doing a really, really beautiful job with just make making. Awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, you, yeah. I'm going to read the other ones and you can, I'll just read them all. Atelier yeah. Bingo, Fanny Broder, Elisa, I don't know, not, not going to say it right. Akamangan and Annie Wong. That's what you wrote. Okay. So, um, I'll tell people to look those up because I think visually you'll be just much more excited. Yeah, I'll if you have see what the they're doing. We've got like show notes. people that do collage, people that do amazing thing with stamps with, mm. um, I mean, with, with rubber stamps. It's so much fun. Love that. Um, some animation in there. Cause I love to see what people are doing with, um, animation that always yeah. gets me really excited. I always feel like it's so fun to see what artists. And of course for me, I mean, my sister interviewed me, not, very many weeks ago. And she asked me That's that so and cool. I was, it was fun. And I was, I hadn't even thought, duh, of course she's going to ask me that question, but I hadn't thought about it. And I'm, I'm inspired by so many people, but I love yeah. kind of seeing who, who we're looking at at any certain particular yeah. time. You know, I think that's very cool. Yeah. I will say like my inspirations growing up were absolutely mm. like, um, Charles Schultz and Keith Haring, like in oh, my, what a great combo. In my early twenties, I was obsessed with Keith Haring. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the way that, you know, it's obvious probably in my, in my work, but I'm glad he's making a comeback because he's yeah. such a, not only important. for his art, but just such a great, great human being and important yeah. figure. And, um, yeah. I love that. That makes so much sense. Where can people yeah. find you, Susie? They can find me at um, Susie Altman Instagram, SusieAltman.com. Um, we were talking about how a lot of companies have two O's in them. So I'm thinking of changing my name to S-O-O-Z-Y. <laughs> so maybe. <in laughs> that would look really too. good. We were talking about how there's so many companies that have two O's. There are. I'm working with a couple. There's Odeer and Uli. And I'm like, maybe That's I should right. be Eboo and Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I get confused. I'm like, which two O company was that again? <laughs> exactly. Right. And as we get older, the brain's more like kooky that way. So it is S-U-Z-Y-U-L-T-M-A-N. But yeah. awesome. stay tuned. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks for spending so much time with me today. Susie and I got going. Sometimes this happens with people I've just haven't talked to in way too long. And I'm super inspired by you. I'm so glad that you're leaning into you. And thanks for just sharing the the real truths, the hard truths, the the exciting truths. And Uh, I look forward to more. Thanks, Margo. This was amazing. And I just want I hope that something I said in in the course of our conversation was helpful to uh, folks out there. And I do always put this out there that if you are needing to work the muscle of reaching out and you would like to reach out to me, you can, um, you can, you can DM me on Instagram. You can email me through my website. I might not, I can't always get back to everybody, but, um, I'm, I'm just a person like you, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) working at what I love to work at and feeling life. And I'm open to people that want to reach out. So I just want to put that out to, to everybody. Well, not, yeah, not all at one time. (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's so true. I, I love that you, you made that point about Instagram and reaching out to people because I have very awesome and meaningful relationships in my life that started that way. Cause that's, that's how we do it. And I mean, or that's one of the ways and it, and it does, if you just like what somebody's doing and tell them that they really respond. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, We'll go tell Susie how much you love her. Aww. Thanks, Margo. I'm right there with you. Thanks, Susie. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.